0: You're listening to the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network, where we share stories of people becoming who they were made to be. My name is Emily Cummins. This week, Seth Muse is sharing his becoming story. Seth is married with two kids and lives in Plano, Texas. He completed his Master of Arts in Media and Communications from Dallas Theological Seminary in 2012 and is currently the Communications Director at Hope Fellowship Church in Frisco, Texas. Seth hosts the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast on iTunes and Google Play, and he will probably try to relate whatever you're talking about to Star Wars, which, side note, he totally does in today's Becoming Me podcast episode 2. He will talk until you tell him to stop. Here is my conversation with Seth Mutes. Well, hey, Seth, welcome to the Becoming Me podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Thanks, Emily. I'm excited to be here, too.
0: Absolutely. And like, if somebody didn't know Seth, what are a couple fun things about you as we kick off today's episode?
1: Well, um, I like a lot of fun. And sometimes, (laughs) you know, people don't take me seriously because they can't tell I'm being serious or not. Um, But uh, I'm very much a nerd. I really love Star Wars and doctor who and and sh- and shows like that, you know, so um I have that nerdy side i I went to uh you know seminary, but uh it came out the other end did kind of disagreeing with seminary, so yeah. there's a lot of a lot of uh, about me that's um we I really don't have a lot of hobbies um communications is kind of a hobby and my job yeah, so, that's cool,
0: yeah, so if you had to this is like a a crazy question, but I joined this leadership group this week. And they asked us to introduce ourselves by sharing what flavor ice cream best describes our personality. So I'll give you mine first because I'm like throwing this question at you for fun, okay. since you like fun. So mine was Rocky Road because there's crazy stuff in life you walk through, the hard stuff, and then there's really sweet moments. But at the end of the journey, like it's a really good journey, it's sweet. So that's why that's I good. picked Rocky Road. And your answer does not have to be like philosophical like that, but if you had to, is it, what is your answer? It is. And it it
1: might disappoint people. Um, (gasps) my favorite is vanilla. Yeah. Because vanilla goes with everything. Yes. (laughs) And that's really who I am. I kind of feel like I can add something to every situation or relationship. I'm kind of good or, or, you know, whatever it's, uh, I can take it or leave it. And, uh. You know, for my personality, it's, it's, it's responsive to whatever's around me. So vanilla goes good with Ooh, everything. So that's kind I of my, love
0: it. my deal. So the cool thing, even about what you just shared, another gentleman in our leadership group said vanilla for one of the same reasons. And really? he said that it's the base flavor for like everywhere you go in ice cream. And that yep. when you start with vanilla, you have a strong foundation and mm-hmm. then you can build up from there. And I was like, oh, that is deep. He I sounds like wise. It.
1: He sounds like a wise person. I really I think, like this guy.
0: <laughs> you two would be friends. For <laughs> we, sure. We'd
1: go well together. It'd just be yeah, more of us.
0: Exactly. I like it. <laughs> well, hey, you know, I have had the privilege of hearing your story and what has made you who you are today. And I would just love for you to unpack your story for the Becoming Me podcast today.
1: Sure. Um, I, I was called to ministry in high school. And um, my story starts with a fight wow <clears throat> yeah it's it's really weird, like I was at church camp, this kid got in my face, and um his name was Michael, and i I have not connected with this guy since the week after camp when I was maybe in, a sophomore in high school, and uh we'd gone to camp together, and then he he'd done something to me, made me mad, I got in his face, he got in my face, and it was like we were about to fight in we were from the same youth group at at church camp, and so oh, um I had this quick thought in my head that. If I get in a fight, we might both get sent home. And the real concern there was he's not a Christian. He might not hear the gospel. Oh, wow. And so I was like, I'm not going to fight. But I did walk out and I hit the wall with my hand, but I I like hammer hit it like the bottom of my fist. So I nearly broke my hand because I hit a stud and uh, (laughs) it was painful. So I walk out and I go around and I'm just out there. And that's where I've I'm just kind of by myself out and nobody knew where I was. It was kind of the thing I, I retreated away. And, um, you know, that's where I really believe God told me, like, that's the type of person you're going to deal with. Hmm. And these are the kind of people you're going to reach. And you've got to be willing to take some hits so that they can hear things that wow. they need to hear. And what's really cool about that story is the next night at camp, he accepted Christ. No way. Yes. And then the week after, he came to me at church and apologized for that and said, I'm glad we didn't get in a fight because I might not have heard the gospel. He actually said that to me. And I was like, oh my gosh, such confirmation that I did the right thing and I'm headed the right direction. And I never saw that guy again ever in my life. And it was a formative moment. That's what put me on that path to uh, knowing that I was called to ministry. This is what I was going to be doing. And I was going to be dealing with difficulty, you know, that Mm. that, uh, conflict and things like that were going to be regular part of my life. And uh, so I, I went to college and kind of got sucked into youth ministry and did youth ministry for 17 years, and uh, loved it. Loved parts of it. it. Scratched a lot of itches for me. Yeah. But it was never like my favorite. Like I enjoyed things about it. I loved the kids, and you know, I got to eat pizza and get paid to <laughs> play video games. You know, it was like this is awesome. I get to plan fun videos, and and my life was always something new and. Um, but always something new and challenging too. And so there was this give and take for the difficulty of ministry. And, you know, along the way, kind of realized that I'm, I'm kind of not made for this. Like at first I was like, I I might be a long-termer, you know, a a lifer as they call it. Doug Fields is a hero of mine. I went and heard his, him speak. And, you know, I was like, I'm going to be like that guy. That's, that's my guy. You know, he's in this for the long haul. And he's like, I think nearing his sixties now, he's still, doing DYM for youth ministers and, wow. and investing in youth ministry, uh, even though he may not be doing it himself. But um, I was like, that could be me. That could be me. And then about four, to, four or five years ago, I, God just changed my heart and um, kind of my passions moved. And, and I'd always drifted towards the technology and media side and the communication side of ministry that had always been my go-to. In fact, one of the Uh, issues I had at a church between me and an elder board was they felt like I spent too much time on video and too much time in that sort of world and not like taking the kids out for bowling. And I'm like, well, who cares if we go bowling? You know, like I didn't get it, you know? So um, there was a lot of, of change that happened over the years that my heart was really in that side of things, the creative communication side. And when social media came on the scene, it was like, Oh my gosh, a light switch just came on for me. This is where I thrive. This is where yeah. I enjoy life the most. But um, so, about three years ago, I had just finished uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I got a me- media and communications degree. And I really believe God said one more youth ministry, and it was a tough one. Wow. Um, so, I go into this youth ministry, and I'm really not there. You know, it's like I really yeah. didn't want to be there. It wasn't fair to the kids. I probably. I went in with some bad attitudes and just, you know, it wasn't the the typical you leave seminary and think you know everything. It was, I left seminary and, you know, didn't know what I really wanted to do and was kind of like, I'll just do this for now. And I don't really want to, but I'll do it. And so I did the minimum on a lot of things, to be honest, yeah. just to be fair with yeah. what was the situation. And so it, uh, it lasted about three years, had some good successes. I mean, it's not like I didn't try, but I really didn't want to do the, late night stuff anymore. I didn't, I didn't try to research their music. I didn't try to find out anything about the culture. I wasn't really interested in that. Um, And so I didn't, I had a hard time connecting with students in the, in in that way. And so um, I I realized to get into communications that I had to create a job at my church Mm. and, 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 and there wasn't room for it. So um start trying to work my way into a communications position because at the time, this is about 2014, that this communication director, communication pastor didn't really exist at a lot of churches. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the only ones that had it were like the big church and they're looking for the guy or the girl that came out of the corporate world, had three or four years experience, you know, that, you know, was better than Jesus kind of, you know, job description. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, it was really hard to to get in the door. So um, I, d- I started trying to create this position at my church and, you know, we kind of worked on some things. I think they didn't really know what it was going to look like. I didn't really know what it was going to look like, but I discovered um, two podcasts that just changed my life and set me on the path. And that was uh, Church Marketing Sucks with Dave Shrine uh-huh. That's a good and one. Pro Church Tools with uh, the Pro Church Podcast with Brady yes. Shear. And, uh, they put me on to this Simply Communicate conference, uh, uh, that Tim was putting on and just, I I started just absorbing all this communication, like, oh my gosh, there's a world out there that I'm passionate about being part of that I didn't even know was a possibility. And then to find out that there were three jobs in Texas really that could, you know, give me a full-time job in that area. And I was like, gosh, this is the worst. So, um, the time came where I really was just like I need to get out of this youth ministry job, and uh, and one of the volunteers that that served on my ministry was like, hey, I've got an acrylic company, and I really need someone to help me with sales. But if you want to come in and do some marketing stuff for our company, you know, that I'd be good with that. You could you could flex wow. these muscles, you know, a little bit. Really, what he wanted was an executive executive assistant position, but he really didn't gotcha. kind of know what to call it, and I really didn't know what it was. So I went in with no job description, just trying to figure it out. And I literally spent the next eight months or nine months just trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Mm. And that was the moment, you know, that I was like, I'm, I'm disconnected from youth ministry finally. And I want people to start seeing me as a communicator. And the whole time what I realized is I'm, I'm trying to convince someone that I'm a communications mm. guy. And to give me that validation, to give me a job, to let me come in the door, let me try something. And that's where I said, you know what? I'm done with that. Yeah. I am not waiting for someone to tell me, yeah, you're a communications right. director. You're, you're a communications guy. You you understand this. Or, yeah, you have permission. I'm not waiting for mm. permission. And yeah. I said, I am this. Yeah. And uh, this is who I've really always been. And now that it's it's like I see the light at the end of the tunnel, what all these itches that I've been trying to scratch in youth ministry and other places converge in this field. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I can see no other future for me. It was so crystal clear wow. that I'm like, I'm done asking, I'm done hmm. pretending and I'm done trying to put band-aids on this thing. This is what I'm going to be. Wow. And, and so I started SethMuse.com. That's awesome. And started writing. And I was like, I'm just going to, this is going to be my resume. I'm just putting it out there. Here's all the things I knew. And, and to back up just a little bit, what really sparked that was the incoming youth pastor. I knew him
0: and wow. to, the,
1: to, the, to, the ne- to the church I was leaving. And it was a very positive, very healthy transition too. And so I'm very thankful for that. Um, so That's I had awesome. lunch, I had lunch with this guy and he's like in his twenties, you know, here I am 38, 37 or so. And I've seen some stuff in youth ministry and yeah. church, you know, it's like if you work at a church for you know, six months, you see some stuff in most places. So I just, I was like, I want to pass on some things to this guy. And he was like, yeah. what can you tell me? And he warned, no. And nobody had ever asked me, like, what did you learn in youth ministry since you're getting out of it? And I was like, let me write it down. I might be able to write down two or three things. So I pulled out a notebook, spent about 30 minutes, and I wrote 60 little things down of like wisdom wow. type stuff, leadership, whatever that I'd learned over the years. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have something here. Yeah. You know, I have something to share. Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't that. So it was like naturally as a writer, that's kind of where I always gravitated towards in communication is uh, copywriting, et cetera. And I was like, it's time to start a blog. Let's do it. And so when I was at the new job, I was like, I'm not asking. Here we go. Sethmuse.com is live. Yes. And uh, my wife is a web developer. She helped me set it up. I don't know much about web, so uh, um, I've, learned, I've learned a lot since then. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: but uh, So I started blogging. And then uh, her boss, one of her bosses at her job is, uh, was an ex uh, marketing manager for all of Walmart. No
0: and, way. Uh, he, and
1: he was like, I have some questions. You might be able to help me with some stuff. And I'm like, man, you might be able to help me with some stuff. Yeah. And so I'm just having lunch with him. He was a youth pastor at one point in his life. And he goes, have you thought about podcasting? <laughs> and I was like, no, that seems really hard. I don't know even how to, I know how to, I like audio recording. I've done that. I've recorded bands. I've been in bands and I've used GarageBand and Pro Tools and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, but I've never really done an audio podcast. It never yeah. crossed my mind. Like, why would I do that? And he goes, well, you used to talk for a living. Maybe that would help, you know, put that in context where you might be good at it. So I was like, hmm. I'll try that, and that's where the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast was born.
0: Wow, was
1: that uh, he was like, I just got in a mic in a room and a mic, and I started talking, and I had had two hours worth of content to split up into podcasts. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can definitely talk for two hours. So uh, you know, I started it off, and it it took off, and uh, you know, that's a, that's kind of the entry point to communications for me. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and from there, it's like I jumped into the, the big church communications Facebook group when it was only like a, under a thousand people. So I got to know Katie, Daryl, Justin Dean. Wow. Uh, all these guys that are like moving and shaking the world of communications. We got to be friends. It's so cool. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got in at the right time. You know, all these people that are, like Kenny Jang and Wes Gay and all these guys that know stuff and do stuff that's really important. And I just started asking questions. And then I started realizing I'm answering questions.
0: Wow. And then
1: I started realizing that um my friends are that live live in New Jersey and Atlanta and you know Tennessee and like here in Texas. And I'm like, wow, I've found my people.
0: That's awesome.
1: And it was just this amazing realization that like in all areas of life, except for like what I was doing for money, hmm. I was home. Wow. And and then finally through all of that, you know the that the job at the acrylic company, you know, wasn't really a, a fit at all for me. It, there was things that I got to travel, and it was really cool. So I'm so we actually had a showroom in Atlanta, so that allowed me to have lunch with Justin Dean, and I'm like, yeah, hey, cool, let's have lunch, and uh, you know, just be and and there's people in New York that I get to hang out with, and uh, you know, just because we travel there, <clears throat> I got to go to Taiwan, you know, just cool stuff like that. But um, it only lasted like eight months because um i just i couldn't do it anymore i I needed to be back in church so i took a (laughs) part-time job doing social media and web at a at a church near my house and uh, it was a great experience but in that time uh, my wife's position at her company kind of Mm. went up the company had one client that cut a lot of business with them they were a big client and so she had to go back to contract work and work from home and so i was like well i can't work part-time and launch a business, et cetera, on communications anymore. I need to find a job. And from there, it was just a, a, a series of events, including that one, that I look back over to get to where I'm at at Hope Fellowship right now as mm-hmm. the communications director, going, God was, was making it so hilariously obvious that these were the steps I needed to take next mm-hmm. that got me to this point. And got this job, and I'll tell you what really put my foot in the door, was not my really cool design resume, but my my blog and my podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Honestly, was was like, you want to know what I really know and what I think? There it is. Go listen. Go read it. Absolutely, it was awesome. It's it's been an incredible transition, and honestly, I have a dream job.
0: Ah, that's so cool. What I think is really cool about hearing your story is just seeing how you really have embraced the concept that we talk about here all the time, becoming me. And yeah. you, you know, you didn't just keep a job to keep a job or keep pursuing something because that's what you thought you should pursue. Mm-hmm. Or that's the area that you, you felt people expected or your education was in or whatever the case may be. You just said, Nope, I'm going to pursue becoming the Seth that God made me to be. And yep. I'm passionate about this for a reason and you explored it, and you tried things, and that's so becoming. I love yeah. that.
1: It was one of the things that I remember thinking in that moment was, um, as I was making this decision, I was like, "I'm done asking permission." And the other thing mm-hmm. I remember saying in my head was, "How can I get paid to be me?" Yeah, that's exactly what yes. I th- said in my head. How can I go out there and get paid to just be who I am? Yeah, and and that's where I feel like I've landed. You know, it's it's there's. There's things here that I have to do that I don't like doing. Obviously, every job has that. But I feel most naturally set to be where I'm at um, because I set that as my goal. I'm going to get a job where I'm paid to be myself. I love that. Um, if, if you're into Enneagram or whatever, I'm a four.
0: <gasps> okay, and I'm so a one. You're a one? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so
1: you're where, ones are where I go when I'm stressed.
0: Yes. <laughs> when, Sorry, man.
1: <laughs> no, it's serious. I'm like, close the door, withdraw, yep. let's knock out a list uh feel productive. But uh four is uh it's all about that independence and uniqueness in who we are and that's the most valuable thing in the world to us. And so when we we can't do a job where we're like, I hate this. I feel no value here. I'm not valued here. Right. But I'm getting paid really well.
0: Right. right. I was getting
1: really paid well at the acrylic company. More than I'd ever been paid in my life. But I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Like not that I was incoherent like I was like, I don't know, you know, uh, how to do things. It was. I didn't know what my purpose was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what my job description was. Right. It was very frustrating to go in every day and feel like today I don't know what I'm going to have to you know mm. do that's different than what I was expected to do yesterday in handling things and how I do things. So uh, it was very very frustrating to me. Clarity is a is important to me because it helps me realize is this a fit or not. Yeah. And uh, and that wasn't a fit. And so finally I just got tired of kind of figure things out, but it did allow me to be paid really well to sit and binge, learn a lot yeah. of stuff for com- communications that I would use eventually in the church. And that's, I remember thinking in that moment and about halfway through that, I was like, I need to take this opportunity. Like if I'm not going to be able to figure this job out, I'm kind of yeah. going to ride this wave into the next wave and think ahead. Like, I know I'm not going to be here very much longer. I just knew mm-hmm. it. Yeah, this isn't me. This isn't for me. Uh, but I'm but I'm getting way more crystal clear on what is and I'm about to go to that. And, uh, you know, so I need to prepare for that.
0: That's so cool. So, I love that. You know, what do those words becoming me mean to you?
1: To me, you know, like I said, I'm a Ford. That's that's mm. life. Yeah, that's everything. Um, becoming more true to who I am and being allowed to be that and being appreciated for that. Yeah, is uh, is how I know if we can be friends. Yeah. You know, it's how I know if I'm going to love you or not, if you're, is is that if you're going to allow that and, you know, when I'm in a position, uh, you know, of authority, it's like I'm expected to do things, but at the same time, I have, I am so lucky to have a boss that says, here's what I want to see happen. Now go figure out how to do it. Mm, And he's not, he's not in here micromanaging the heck out of me to make sure I'm doing it the way he would do it because there's been several things that, you know, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do it that way. And it's been successful. And he's gone, cool. You know, it's like, good. I don't care. He's like, he's very hands off. He's, he's a seven. So he doesn't want to micromanage. So uh, it's very good fit. And uh, you know, so, so I've been allowed a position with resources. I have a team that works with with me, but they're, uh, I'm the director and a four and you know, a, a young church that's willing to try pretty much anything. And I'm like, who wouldn't want that?
0: Absolutely. No, that's awesome. I love it. So if you were having another, having a cup of coffee or, well, first off, are you even a coffee drinker?
1: I'm a toffee drinker. I, Toffee drinker? I call it toffee. toffee? I drink, uh, I put coffee in there and then milk and sugar (laughs) and like flavorings. It's almost a mocha when I'm done with it. But yeah, I drink coffee every day.
0: Okay. So (laughs) since you like, and I kind of toffee Sugary coffee, you know, the dessert coffee. I'm totally yes. a fan of that in the afternoon. So, do you like pumpkin spice lattes?
1: No, I do okay. not. Okay.
0: More of the mocha flavor? Yes. Okay. White Sorry, chocolate vanilla, y'all for that, uh, vanilla
1: mocha is my <laughs> jam.
0: I always have to af- ask the uh, coffee side note questions. But so if you're <laughs> having a cup of toffee with another person on their own becoming journey, like what would you say to encourage them?
1: I would say the more that you can learn. like, like invest in learning about yourself, you know, some of these tests and things that are out there, you have to pay for it. And people, that's a deterrent for people. Yeah. And I would say, man, put the money aside, save up, whatever you got to do to find out how you're wired is to me, one of the most valuable things in the world. And, and I think not just because of how I'm wired, because that is important to me, but for anyone to understand how they work, and then to look at how other people work, that is the formula for empathy in your oh, life. Okay. It, it creates it creates a sense of I'm trying to understand you instead of respond to you. Mm. It, it's like I want to know why you're doing what you're doing instead of I don't care why you're doing what you're doing. Just stop it.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's like so that's, true. that brings value to your relationships. and And I think knowing yourself, which is, you know, is that Socrates? Know thyself.
0: I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Is it? So uh, I think knowing yourself is uh, worth investing in, worth taking time, worth taking days off for, worth uh, saying no to certain things because of. I think knowing yourself is is a very important part of being a strong leader and encouraging that lifelong learning that good leaders have is that you realize that you have deficiencies and things thus to learn. So yeah. that's that's very important, I think, for a, for a young leader trying to figure out who they are. And I think we have to also be patient because right. when you're 21, you're not quite sure. I mean, you haven't honestly developed a lot of self-awareness. Maybe you have, right. but it's nothing like when you're about to turn 40. Right. Nothing no, that like it. That makes sense. I mean, we just did the enneagram at a, at, a, at our church, and like, there are people that are like, "I'm not sure what I am," and I'm like, "How can you not know what you are?" <laughs> you know, yeah. and I'm like, they're all in their twenties, and I'm like, "Oh, there's okay, you just have more data to deal with." You right. know, it's like you've had more life, you have more data to put into this process to know this is clearly what I am, and so it's it's just be patient with it and take time, and mm-hmm. and you can be wrong, and you can change over time. Uh, this is kind of how I am.
0: I love that. So you mentioned the Enneagram. Are there other resources that you have tapped into that you would recommend for people going on this journey of discovering who they are?
1: Yes. I, I love StrengthsFinder as well. Um, that was a really helpful Absolutely. one for me. Yeah. Um, mine is, my number one is connectedness. Okay. And the second is strategy. That's awesome. And so for me, I see how I'm a big, that's like the formula for big picture thinker. I see how everything affects everything. And if you hurt one person, you hurt yourself, Mm. you know, but then I'm also able to see how everything goes together and decide what are we supposed to do next? Okay. These two things are stupid. This one might work, but this one seems like the winner. Let's go. So connectedness and strategy, the strengths finder has been really helpful. And you know, those little books of like, uh, they wrote, I forget who wrote it, but it gives you, here's what it sounds like. And then here's how you can help like work with somebody who has this. Yeah. Uh so when you have coworkers, we did that at our staff. And so when I came on staff here, everyone had their five strengths finder stuff listed on the website.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: And yeah, cool. I thought it was awesome. So I'm able to go in and go, huh, okay. And I'm reading about these people. Like if I have an issue with somebody, I can go read my book on them. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and go, and I've done this and I've gone like, oh, okay. Oh, Activator. All right. That makes sense. That's why they're doing that. Okay. So now I can go talk to them about this thing. Um, that's awesome. so it's very helpful in that way. Um, and of course there's the Myers-Briggs and the disc and all that. And then I was a high I with a high D as well.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you know, so I, it, cause I'm a four, I love this stuff. Like I'll take a personality test for fun.
0: That's awesome.
1: You know, those Facebook things that come through, like, yes. what are you, which are you? I'm like, I would love to find out which I am. <laughs> like I, yes. I love, because then I can say either that's cool or you're wrong.
0: Right. <laughs> because. Right.
1: Or the test is wrong. Like, uh, I really love the INFTJ, whatever, all the, the, is that the Myers-Briggs? Oh, is that Myers-Briggs? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I love the one where it's like, here's all these Star Wars characters, you yeah. label it, and like, which one are you? And I'm like, oh, sweet. You know, like, So which Star Obi-Wan. Wars character are you? I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi. Nice. <laughs> the INFJ.
0: Now, uh, Ross and Nick on the creative church podcast will be laughing at this portion because I actually don't watch, like, I haven't really seen star Wars and they give me the hardest time about that. <laughs> so they're well, going to be like, everyone <laughs> lacks
1: something. That's important to remember. Everyone lacks something.
0: Yes. And that is what I lack a hundred percent. My, uh, star Wars know how <laughs> y'all know what I'll be doing this fall. I'll have yeah. a pumpkin spice latte and a star Wars marathon going on. That great.
1: sounds awesome. Yes, <laughs> well, not the pumpkin spice, but some version of that and Star Wars. Anything goes good with Star Wars, it's like vanilla.
0: Yes, it's a base. <laughs> it's according a base. to Seth, you all heard it first here
1: <laughs> yeah it's 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 incredible.
0: I love it. So if somebody was listening to this episode today and they wanted to connect with you, check out your blog, um, where could they go to connect with Seth?
1: Uh, the two best places is to go to SethMuse.com. And you can reach me pretty much anywhere else from there, so that's Perfect. the easiest place. But I I do have a pretty strong Instagram presence where I do things yep. just for Instagram. Uh, so at Seth Muse is my Instagram handle because I joined almost the day it came out. Yay! Uh, so that's I awesome. Got, so I got just my name. As that's so my, cool. My handle. I've never changed it. So uh, it that was that was lucky. That's um. Awesome. If you believe in luck, but. Yeah. Uh, uh that those are the best two places to get a hold of me. I also have a Facebook group going on for the Seminary of Hard Knocks that oh,
0: cool. is
1: uh is pretty active and fun and um post things in there all all day long. People are asking questions and it's just uh, about 350 or so right now in there that are That's awesome. You know, some good some solid professionals in there too. That are and then some that are learning and um just a good place. So if you're looking for another communications especially focusing on social media kind of uh yeah. Facebook group, that's a good one for. Her. For you to ch- jump into. You can find that on my website as well.
0: Perfect. Well, Seth, thank you so much for sharing your story, who you are and who you're becoming. I just, I so appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening. Cause that's, I just want to be heard, man. That's awesome.
0: Well, I, thanks for sharing, <laughs> thank <laughs> making you us for- all better. <laughs> To learn more about Seth and connect with him, visit the podcast episode page on our website at creativechurch.com. That's crtv Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Becoming Me podcast on the Creative Church Podcast Network. For more information about Becoming Me, visit us at becomingme.tv. Also connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with at becomingme.tv. And connect with us at creativechurch.com. Again, that's crtbchurch.com. You can also check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook with at Creative Church.